Yeah, so um, I'm, I have four great adult children. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's definitely an He did run for Senate two years ago, what? Two years ago. Two years ago. So he was- Let's talk about the founding of the Distinguished Gentleman's Club. Absolutely. So uh, about eight years um, ago. You said you're a mother. So how, many, how many children? I have five children. Okay. Saying that I was there African American, and they got this from our president. You know, they were voting. Uh, and what were you doing with your job? The first or the second job? <laughs> so I was like, I was in and out. <laughs> Good. Awesome, awesome. So let's. So that, that really is a great place to transition. And who is sitting across from me or beside me is never going to sway that. Listen, man. One, I'm not going to crowd this episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I made it. I made it through all of these episodes. I think I've cried once. <laughs> what are what are the things that you're most proud of accomplishing? You know, as a congressman and as whip. We'll talk with Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, world? We are back. We are back. We are back. Thank y'all so much for joining us once again. Hello, world. My name is Rajon Lewis, and welcome back to Real Talk with Rajon. I am your host. And here on Real Talk Rajon, everything's debatable. So on any given week, we could be discussing anything from sports to music to politics. You name it, we'll discuss it. Uh, for those who are new to the show, Real Talk Rajon has a goal of shining a light on the great things and the great people that exist right here in the low country. I know that there's a lot of emphasis put on, you know, what's going on all around the country and all around the world. And we talk about all the great people everywhere else. But I'm telling you that right here in the low country, we have people that are that are doing really great things and being really, really amazing people. And on Real Talk Rajon, we take a we take a great pride in shining a light on those great people that we call our local celebrities. And today we have a very special young man who's really no stranger to um, podcasting, to, the, to the, the blogging world, the podcasting world. Everybody knows this gentleman, but you may not know his face. So to many, this is the first, this is the season, this is, the, this is a premiere uh, unveiling. I see Deshanti in the, uh, in, the, in the comment section. She said, I always wanted to know who the Holy City Center is. Mystery revealed. Today, I am bringing to you the one, the only, Holy City Center. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Good, Razan. How you doing? So glad to be with you today. Praise God, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Um, I'm really excited about it. I know you know that I'm, I'm beginning to wrap this thing up. So I was glad that I was able to, to finally get you on because, you know, you're one of the people, you know, that when I got started in this, that, you know, I definitely looked up to and, and, and saw the things that you were doing. Um, to bring a spotlight just to the people that are going, the people and the things that are going on in the low country. But before we even get there, please introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. So uh, my name is Christian Sanger. I'm the uh, founder of Holy City Center uh, website, blog, uh, also all the associated social media accounts, and now a podcast as well called Holy City Center Radio, which we're about 10 episodes in now, um, plus some bonus episodes. So uh, that's who I am. I've been doing the website since 2011, and I've been in Charleston since 2007, but I'm from Connecticut originally. All right, cool. Here in Real Talk, we like to go back, 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 and then we work our way up. So first, let's talk about Little Chris. Like, what what <laughs> brought, what what was Little Chris like? Where, where, where are you from? What, what, what did you like growing up? What did you want to be? Let's talk about it. Sure. So I'm from a small town in Connecticut called Ellington and, uh, you know, grew up there, spent most of my life there uh, and had a great family. You know, uh, my parents, my little brother, Eric, uh, just pretty typical growing up, uh, happy and, and, and lots of uh, other family members around. Um, 
uh, I, I wanted to be a bunch of different things when I was little, but as I got a little bit older, I wanted to be uh, on the radio really, really bad. I just loved, mm. I thought DJs on the radio were the coolest for whatever reason. I just, I love the whole, whole idea of them being in the studio, playing music and, uh, you know, being able to go to concerts and to just like talk about all that stuff. And then I also like sports. So then I thought, okay, well, maybe I can do sports on the radio too. And I really like doing, you know, like play by play and things like that. So those are my, my first, uh, you know, maybe not my first loves, but the ones that I fell most into as I got a little older and actually pursued a little bit into college. Okay. So how, how did you end up in the low country? Um, after graduating from college, I had some friends who I went to school with who got jobs uh, down here as teachers. And uh, I was like dating one of the girls and so I came down to visit her and then my other friends from school and just fell in love with Charleston. And, and obviously, since the person I was dating was here, I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to move, now's the time. I'm young. I don't have anything, you know, really tying me down. Um, why not? Let's give it a shot. If it doesn't work, I can always come back. And, uh, you know, things didn't work out with me and, and the girl uh, many years ago. Uh, but I just love Charleston so much. I, I didn't want to leave and, and uh, stayed here and, and glad that I did. Oh, well, first of all, her loss. She's doing okay. She's doing all right. Okay. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. She's not the Holy City Center. No, well, no. Who is? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 where'd you go to college? I went to the University of Connecticut, UConn. Okay. UConn. Okay. Wait, wait, what year? I graduated in 2005. Oh, so hold on. Was that, was that the year? Um, what, one of those years was the national championship year, right? 2004, the men and women both won. Yeah. The Ben Gordon yeah, and Mecca okay. Okafor. And on right. the women's side was uh, Diana Tarazi. Wow. So what was that like to be in a, uh, on a college campus when? Uh, it was, well, I actually wasn't even on campus. So I, I ended up doing radio uh, for the student station. And so I was actually in New Orleans, which isn't a bad place to be. Uh, during the women's right. final four, I was calling the games for the student station. So the men won. We were watching in New Orleans, me and some UConn fans that were there for the women's uh, final four. And then the next night, the women won. So I was in the building when the women won. Uh, and then all the celebrations on Bourbon Street. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It would have been nice to be on campus, but New Orleans is a nice <laughs> second place, I New think. New Orleans is a very nice second place. Very yeah, nice exactly. Place. So, so you got to, you sort of got to do the radio thing, you know, in college. Um, which, which like your most interesting story that you have from like, you know, from college, your college, you know, radio experiences? Uh that might be it, you know, being able to do the women's final four, calling the championship game, you know, with, you know, some, some a classmate and, and someone who helped with the radio. That was pretty special being there. Uh, and then going to the men's Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden was pretty special, too. It was that same year. Uh, so got to spend, you know, three or four days in New York City, called multiple games. The men won the tournament. So, so that was a lot of fun, too. Just, you know, it was a student station, but you could hear it on regular FM radio. And we were treated like regular press when we were there, you know, so we get like the pregame meal at halftime, we can get meals and sit in on press conferences. So it was cool to get like that professional experience. And we were just, you know, we're just stupid kids, really. Um, but it was a lot right. of fun being up close to a lot of a future NBA, WNBA and Olympians as well. Not a bad gig for college at all. So, Not so you at graduated all. from college. 
So you graduated from college. Did you stick with the radio thing or did you take a while before you gravitated away from it? Um, I tried, you know, I, I honestly, like I, I had no idea what I was doing out of college as far as like trying to find jobs. And, you know, I, I probably didn't do enough in college to like set myself up for a job in those fields. But, um, after like a, a little bit of a, you know, just like picking up a summer job after I graduated, I did uh, temp at ESPN for about nine months. You know, ESPN is in Bristol, Connecticut. So like oh, wow. an hour drive from my hometown. So right. I got to temp there for almost a full year, you know, bounced around to a few different departments, kind of got a nice feel for behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then when the temp time ran out, unfortunately, that was it. And then just moved on to another job. So I never really seriously pursued it after college and, and after ESPN because that was all behind the scenes stuff and I was just trying to find a job. It, it was one of those things where you want they want experience, but you can't get experience anywhere because they want experience. So everybody runs into that right. after college. And so maybe if I had done some internships or something when I was in college, I, I don't know how I would have pulled it off. Maybe things would have been different, but I'm kind of happy in a way, just based on um, how my life is gone. I'm happy that it's gone this way. And I, I kind of prefer doing things like TV, radio, and the blog on my own terms and not being yeah. you know, tied down to have someone tell me what to do. So it, I'm happy right. with how it's turned out for sure. Yeah. I mean, being from Connecticut, I, I forgot to even like make that correlation between Bristol and Ellington. Yeah. Like, I'd imagine that, like any, if you're a, a kid growing up that wants to be in radio, be in sports, like Connecticut, Bristol, like everybody's trying to get to ESPN. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, who's the, yep. like, I, like, did you meet like a lot of cool people on on like on the ESPN campus, or was this, was it more pretty sectioned off? Because I know a lot of people have like a lot of mystery surrounding that area. Yeah, no, um, there's it's a big, pretty big campus. So there's different buildings, so the buildings I was in didn't have any of the studios. So I wasn't in the studios. Um, I mean, I did take a couple tours, but I, I was never working in the studios themselves. But uh, there was a main central cafeteria. So you'd sometimes see like the anchors there and once in a blue moon, an athlete would be on campus to do whatever. I remember going to the cafeteria one day and they were filming one of those This Is Sports Center commercials. And I, I don't remember the athlete that was there, but Stuart Scott was the uh, like the anchor who was part of it. So I did see Stu. Stuart Scott, like doing his, you know, he was sitting in a chair waiting for the next shake and seeing that whole process. So you'd see people here and there, but not on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. I've learned something new about you, a couple new things about you already. So <laughs> good, this, good. this is pretty cool. All right. So you get to the low country, you follow the young lady who, you know, is doing okay now. We're just going <laughs> to say that she's doing fine. We know her lifestyles. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you come to the low country and, you know, what's, what's the first thing you get to do and you hit the ground running? What, what are you doing? Well, you know, after I, you know, I'd visited a couple times. And so the people who were here, they brought me around to a couple places um, at that time, like Market Street was the place to be. It was not King Street. It was not. I mean, Market Street was it. You know, we would right. go there and there'd be Mad River, which was like the place to be at that time for people mm -hmm. around our age. Henry's, which is still here. And um what's the uh, market street pavilion the rooftop if you were feeling fancy you know so we we did those kind of things you know the typical um fresh out of college you know bar hopping type stuff and then as i got settled in here you know i started doing some more 
you know, touristy type, not that these are bad things, but just, you know, things that are advertised a lot, like the aquarium. Yeah. Like I love the aquarium, yeah. but you know, that's something when you're new to town, you, you go check out. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, you know, I, we took a tour to Sumter, you know, so just, you just kind of trying to get a feel for the city, not really having, um, an insider's view quite yet. Cause all the people I knew had also transplanted here within the last right. year. So it was a lot of that kind of stuff and just, just, just driving around and trying to just get a feel for the area. Okay. So as, as you're doing that, is, is the idea for the Holy city center, like, is that already starting to develop or is that like far, still far off in the, in, in the distance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, not not in those first few years. You know, um, I was just trying to get acclimated to the area, you know, had a job and was trying to adjust it. You know, just I'd never uh, I've traveled a little bit, but I'd never lived anywhere besides Connecticut. So I was just trying to get like my bearings. I'm like living on my own for the first. I mean, I lived at in dorms at college, but like really living on my own with a girlfriend, you know, so we're trying to navigate that. And um, I after being here for a while, I started to realize, okay, I've kind of done all of the Charleston things. Um, and I started to get a little bit more uh, background as to some of like the lesser known things, you know, like, like city paper. I, I, I finally was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And started discovering new events and things like that. So it right. took a little while before I was like, you know what, there's a lot more to do here than I realized when I first moved here um, mm -hmm. that you just don't hear about because it's mostly geared towards tourists. So it took a little while, but I started to find things and realize that they weren't really being talked about as much and, and thought maybe mm -hmm. uh, there was a, an outlet for that. But I, I, I didn't start Holy City Center or the idea of it probably until three or four years into living here. Okay, and how long ago would that have been? Like, when you so I launched the site in 2011. So four years in, uh, I, I, I decided to launch the site, and I kind of launched it as like a blog. I thought it was just going to be like a, hey, here's what I did. It was fun. This is what me and my buddies did, and my friends, and we we did this, and then we tried this, and so it was more of like a true blog at that time. And then as it went on, it kind of developed into more less of a blog in the sense of a focus on me and what I was doing and more of like what's happening in the city. So more of like a, not traditional news, but like, you know, in that, in that vein, not so much me, 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 uh, you know what I mean? Just more of what, what, what everybody else could do in town and what was coming up. Okay. So, so where did you come with the name Holy city center? So one of the, um, one of the things I loved the most about Charleston was the nickname Holy City. I just thought that was so cool. Like from day one, when I found that out, I just thought that was the neatest thing. I thought there's a lot of different ways that you could play off of that. And I just thought it was a cool nickname for a city. And so I knew I kind of wanted to incorporate that. And so I was just playing around with ideas and uh, Holy City Center and Holy City Saint were ones that I came up with. And I was like, ah, oh, should I go with like the Holy City and Center to have like the dichotomy, the two different sides, or, you know, mm -hmm. should I be like Saint? Cause I love the city. And I just thought the center, the Holy city center was a little bit more appropriate um, for me personally and for uh -huh. the city in general. Cause just like any city, you know, it's got both sides. It's got a lot of good people and good things going on, but you can get in some trouble too. There's a lot of partying and misbehaving as well. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to know is what names, like, are you really glad that you didn't, take like did you go well, holy, through, like holy, a list of names like these names are awful now 
Uh, any of the awful ones, I probably ruled out pretty quick. I don't know if I remember. All I really remember was it coming down to, I think I want it to be Holy City Center, but are people not going to like that? Are they going to see that? And, you know, because Charleston has a lot of religious people. Are they not going to get that it's kind of tongue-in-cheek? And um, will that be turn off people? So it's kind of between that and Holy City Saint. I don't remember. I think I had, like, Holy City like Gazette or, you know, like something like that, like a, like a traditional uh, newspaper name. And I just, none of them ever really, I kind of ruled those out right away. And then it kind of came down to Sinner or Saint. And, and I'm glad Sinner went out because people seem to like it. Yeah, Holy City Center. I mean, it, the name definitely like makes you think like, hold up, what, his name's what? And that's that's <laughs> sort of when I was introduced to you and to your website, like that's, I got me like, whoa, the Holy City Center. Like, okay, that's that's interesting. Fun fact, I am born and raised in Charleston. I had no idea what the <laughs> really? was until I was an adult. That was like one of the first things I learned yes, about. I don't know like, why, I, but yeah. I, I never understood why they called us the Holy City. I think it's because we had so many churches. So that's... I think it has something to do with that. That is but. what like the, the story is, and that's what I was told. But then the Post and Courier did some piece five or six years ago that said it may not actually be because of that. It was more of like a a branding, like, oh, it's the it's it's the holy city, it's the Mecca, it's the this beautiful place that you just have to travel to. So it was less about the churches and stuff and more about kind of like a, a branding of this is like this is heaven. This is the place you want to be. So I don't know. That's what ah. they were basing it on, but I'd have to pull up the article. I think they're basing that on some old documents they found or something. So it's still a little bit of a mystery. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that that's really interesting. That that's really really interesting. I um yeah that that's pretty cool. Um so um so when when you started putting this idea together, I want to I want to talk about you know these things that are going on in this city. I want to let people know. Um, was there a specific thing that you wanted to target, or is it just like general events? Uh, at first, like I said, it was kind of like things that I had done and thought were cool. So basically events, it was mostly event and, um, like restaurant and bar based, you know, like wherever I had been and whatever I was doing, I wanted to be like, Hey, you guys, you know, you hear about uh, back then, you know, like Mad River or, um, you know, Hyman's or whatever, all these places that you tourists hear about when they first get here. But if you're a transplant or a tourist looking for something else, here's a restaurant you don't ever hear about, or here's a bar that me and my buddies like to go to and we live here. So that was kind of what it started as. Um, it's grown since then to, I just kind of want to highlight really anything that's in Charleston, but specifically, again, things that may not get as much press as other places. And so that's also yeah. branched out to nonprofits and just individuals doing cool things in town and podcasts and just anything really. Cause um, there's a lot more to Charleston than just the history and the restaurants, you know? Absolutely. And thank you. I want to thank you for doing that. Um, I, I think I told when I was on your podcast, you know, I talked about the fact that when I first got started with uh, my nonprofit um, with the, when I joined low country youth services um, as a distinguished gentleman's club, like you were the first, one of the first people to share one of my articles. And I, I was just so grateful, you know, for the fact that you sure. were doing that. And I'd imagine that, you know, for, for, a, for a lot of organizations, they've been really, you know, great, grateful to have a voice, you know, on this time. Can you talk about maybe like your favorite, one of your favorite stories that you've been able to do since you got started? Yeah. Um, there's been there's been a lot of really cool things that I've been able to do and people I've been able to meet, you know, like yourself and just people I wouldn't have met otherwise, which is really awesome. And I've had some I've been able to get some cool experiences like um, I've been able to get 
you know, like a photo pass to a concert. So I get to be up close taking photos, uh, you know, like close to these musicians and, and artists and things that I that I've always admired. But one of the coolest events um, that I ever got to do is this event called Cook It Raw. And it's this event that I'm assuming it's still going on, but it's like an international event and it used to be only open to chefs. And so a group of like high-end chefs would go to some city somewhere, you know, it's global, so it'd bounce around. Um, Anthony Bourdain in one of his shows highlighted it. And that's when I first heard about it. And I think they were in Japan at the time. And Chef Sean Brock, who it was in Charleston, was part of that episode. So anyway... Um, they brought it to Charleston one year and it was the first year that they opened up part of it to, uh, guests. And I was able to get in as a member of the media. They did an event at Bowen's Island. So we have all these amazing chefs from all around the globe, all sorts of different countries who spent the week in Charleston learning about the cuisine. They took tours of places. Some of them are trying, you know, like low country, cuisine that you know they've never had before you know maybe it was something as simple as grits you know they're coming from another country that never had shrimp and grits before so they're learning about the whole thing and then the last day sunday they put together this big event where they all uh all the ingredients came from stuff that they got somewhere in the charleston area but they put their own spin on it so if it was someone from um trying to think of like one of the countries that was here like there was some chefs from spain so they they made some dish but they put like a little spanish influence on it mm -hmm. so the whole day was just bouncing around kind of like wine and food where you're going to different tables and tents and trying different uh cuisines and different uh bites and drinks out on bowen so of course uh, the the view of the water is beautiful it's just this really cool experience trying food from these amazing chefs being on the water uh, and then knowing it was like an experience that not many people have been uh, really ever able to do. So that, that one's the one I always highlight is the coolest one. Um, but there's been lots of little things too, like I mentioned, like being able to go to shows, meeting people, interviewing, um, you know, people for the podcast now too. Just uh, there's a lot of really fun little things that happen on a, uh, on a weekly basis. That's pretty neat, man. I, I think those are all definitely cool things. That the one thing, and I guess, and I'm pretty sure you find find the same, is like I've found that since starting to do this podcast, like more people pay attention to the, what I do because I pay attention to what other people do. Like because right. I, I use the right. platform that I have to like build other people up. You tend to 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 like whereas if you were to say I'm gonna make you know the early city center all about me you probably had a, a, a much smaller following than what you're able to have because you used your platform to, to be a, a a spotlight on someone else so I, I, I again just want to applaud you for that and i think anything Thanks. positive that happens for you is, is is definitely deserved you just do such a great job with what it is that you do and with that thank you in the podcast let's talk about the podcast um what what was the, what did the idea come from what do you, what do you plan on doing with it where do, what do you plan on taking it so the podcast, you know, obviously, you know, I mentioned at the beginning that radio was kind of like my first dream. So um, I, I had done a couple like radio spots here and there around town where I'd come in and like tell people what was going on this weekend, you know, like quick five minute bits when I got invited here and there and um, had like a internet radio show that I guested on with a friend. And I just really loved doing it. I missed ha being able to do that. And so I thought, okay, well, podcast will give me a chance to, to do what I like. It's basically radio, especially nowadays. And with the platform of the website, 
Um, I knew I could at least get, you know, a few people who would be interested and I could talk about um, Charleston. I prefer talking and discussing things that are going on versus writing, um, yeah. which may sound weird because I have a website, but I don't usually give a ton of opinions on my website. It's usually like, here's what's right. coming up. Whereas the podcast, I can add some nuance and stuff. So that's what I really wanted to do was because, you know, I just, I love the whole radio thing and I wanted to do it. And over the years, people have asked me, you know, Hey, you, have you thought about doing a podcast? I think it'd be really good. And I just wasn't sure about logistics and cost and all that kind of stuff. So finally during the pandemic, just like everybody else, I had some downtime and finally was able to figure it out. I was like, all right, let's do this. And, um, you know, I have a friend, um, that I hired to, to produce and she does a really great job with it. And it, it's been going well so far. You know, um, the goal is to, you know, the beginning of the show, just kind of recap what's happened, whether it's Charleston or South Carolina or the nation, if it's something big, um, but you know, preferably Charleston stuff, you know, deep diving on topics that people might have seen a headline about but didn't really read about it or might have yeah. caught wind of something or social media posts. You know how people are. They see something, yeah. they see a headline, and they don't usually read past it. So stuff that I think is important um, and I hope others do. And then at the end, I want to interview people, all sorts of people, of course. You know, it's a weekly show, but hopefully getting people who are – you know, uh, doing great things in the community like yourself, you know, I was happy to have you on and, and people really responded well to that. Um, they were, they loved hearing about your organization and the work you do and opening people up to people and uh, businesses and nonprofits that they didn't learn about. So like, I may not have heard about what you do, whether it's your podcast or your nonprofit work, if I hadn't done the website and having done it, I was like, this is really cool. And if I only learned about it, cause I'm doing this website, there's probably a lot of people out there who aren't familiar. So I wanted to, to let people know, you know, what you're doing. So, um, that's the goal is to have people like you on, uh, uh, and, you know, and politicians and things like that, just to, to educate people about what's going on. Cause there's so much in Charleston uh, that's happening that people don't always know about. And there's some really great things and, and people, there's a lot of people out there who want to help and um, and provide whether it's service to a nonprofit or be more involved in local politics and, and, and what the city council is doing. So I figured this might be a, a, a way to uh, kind of chop it down in a small audio format and just like, here's what's happening. Here's what you can do. So people don't have to, you know, go digging for stuff as much. So just trying to use it as a resource, but you know, and of course I like doing it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, once you get space, when you get into that space where you, know, you are, you know, giving those opinions and things like that, you know, it's a different realm. Um, are you prepared for the, for what comes with that from going from the guy who's just I'm just presenting to, presenting the news <laughs> to I'm a guy who's presenting the news and giving my take on the news? Because that's a different thing. It is, yeah. And you know, thankfully, or I don't know if thankfully is the right word, but uh, because of social media. Uh, even when I've posted just completely innocuous news, just like here's what's going on, especially over the last four years and especially the last couple of years, everything, there's no post that I can guarantee won't cause some kind of drama. And it's not always directed at me. It could just like I could post something about Donald Trump. I could post something about Joe Biden. Um, no opinion given, just he, just whatever the news is, yeah. like they're coming to Charleston, yeah. you know, especially during the, um, the election season. 
and the comment section would just be a dumpster fire. Um, yeah, yeah. but also with that, I have given opinions on like Twitter, you know, cause that's more of what that forum is. So I've done, I have given some opinions, especially when it came to like the pandemic and people talking about, it's not that serious and you don't need to wear a mask. This is ridiculous. I would give opinions like, well, you know, I think you should doctors are saying, and so I've gotten some crap from people. I have like four or five, what I call my top fans who just consistently are harassing me. <laughs> And I don't really mind. I've gotten used to it. It doesn't really, it says more about them than it does about me. Um, exactly. And what they don't also realize is when people are leaving like comments on Facebook and they're like, like, cause I've written a couple opinion pieces. Like I wrote one about how the Calhoun monument should come down. And, um, you know, so people, some people were just have, trying to have like an actual debate. Others were just called name calling and stuff, but they don't realize the more they comment and the more, stuff they leave the more that's going to boost the, the post yeah. and the website yeah. gets more views yeah. so they're they're actually yeah. doing you a favor when they do those kinds of things so yeah i've had a little bit of practice um because of that so i'm uh yeah i'm ready for for that kind of blowback and as long as i'm uh as long as i'm trying to give an opinion that i don't think is um damaging anybody else you know like I don't really have an interest in getting on the podcast and be like, I went to this restaurant and the food was terrible. Like, right. You know, um, you know, I don't really want to do those kinds of things, but you know, I want to make sure that if I'm, I'm giving an opinion, it's not going to harm someone. Um, and it's based on like, I've done my homework kind of thing. I don't want to just spout off opinions for the sake of doing it. I want to make sure that I have some stuff to back it up. So I'm pretty prepared. And I think most people, even if they disagree with me politically, um, they know my heart's in the right place most of the time. Like I said, it's just a handful of people so far. So, so far, so good. <laughs> All right, man. I, I definitely have faith in what, in what you're going to bring to the table, man. You, you're a pretty Thanks. low-headed guy. Um, okay. I want to ask you one of your political sure. opinions, um, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, so Joe Cunningham recently announced that he's, he's running for governor. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm excited because, um, I think Joe has a shot now. It's going to be extremely tough. Uh, this South Carolina, as this last election showed, is still very much a red state. Um, and Joe even lost his congressional seat. You know, so that just shows that nothing is a given um, if you're a Democrat running. Um, but I think with name recognition, I, I, I since I've been in. South Carolina, I can't think of anybody who's a Democrat that's run for governor that had this kind of name recognition right off the bat. So that bodes well from him. He's a likable guy. Uh, he is, um, he's a Democrat, but he, he's pretty moderate. You know, a lot of his opinions are, are more center yeah. than they are to the left. So I think that benefits him as well. As someone who is um, a liberal and progressive, there are some things that I wish he was more left on. Um, and I think there are candidates in, uh, or people who are in office in South Carolina that are far more left and I, I like their ideas, but to win a statewide race, whether it's Senate or governor at this point in time, as much as I wish we could be a little bit more progressive, they're just good. It's just not, I, I just don't think that's in the cards for now. So I think he has a shot if he stays kind of in that lane, but I, I wouldn't mind him pushing a, a couple things left and, and just trying to, you know, push the, the, the state a little bit more progressive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think he has to learn from that last election. I think he mm -hmm. has to realize that he lost for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. I think he has to stick to the issues and like pick issues to stick to. Like you, you can't ride the fence on everything. And that, right. that's you know, part of the reason I think he he lost. Great guy. Great yeah, guy. Um, he's he was a really good show. guy. He was on the show two days before the election. I want to oh, say. Oh, nice. And yeah. And um, like I like I really enjoyed the conversation. But I remember like he was really like he really like I don't think he believed it was possible for him to lose. And I think that when you I don't think so. In, yeah. Yeah. I think when you put yourself in that position, you sort of are already operating at a disadvantage because because the other person is hungry. The other person wants to, and you have to be have to have that hunger. So if he comes into it with that and he puts a team around him and he listens to the team around him, I think he'll be fine. Um, I do think he has a good chance as long as he runs the right race. I think if he runs yeah. the type of race he ran last time. He won't win. And that's that's something I, I wouldn't want to see. But yeah, no, thanks for sharing that with me, man. No problem. Happy to. You know, I'm happy to in these formats, you know, where I can talk and and you know articulate my reasons for it. You know, it's tougher when I'm writing, but yeah, no, I don't mind at all. Yeah, and when people aren't just cutting you off and saying, No, you libtard <laughs> yeah, right. and stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah. 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 Even, you communist, you, know. you Marxist, uh whatever the buzzword, <laughs> yeah. you woke mob, whatever the buzzwords are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun group. All right. So I want to close with this. So I want to ask you a series of questions because you're the holy city center. So <laughs> okay. you know this, you know better than I do. And I lived here almost all of my life, but You've been writing about this, so I'm going to ask you these questions. <laughs> okay. All right. These are quick hitting. You got to, you got right. to, you got to roll with me. All right. All right. One best restaurant. Uh, probably Edmonds Oast is my favorite. Edmonds and Oast. All right. All right. Cool. Best night scene place to go in Char downtown Charleston. Who? It depends on what you're looking for. I'm a little older now, so I like the more like laid back vibes. But I know like the younger crowds, you know, they're gonna like the trios and the decos. Um, I think Uptown Social has a pretty good mix. A little bit earlier in the night, there's a lot of space you can relax. There's a patio outside. At night, it gets a little too clubby for me. But uh, I, okay. I, as long as it's not too late, I'm, I'm cool with a place like Uptown Social. And I've always liked for real like laid back. Places like the Cocktail Club and Belmont Lounge have always been uh, places I've enjoyed to just to, like sit and relax. Okay, favorite Charleston monument? Oof, I don't know if this counts, but um, you know, out by the cruise terminal, there's that facade, um, the old Bennett Rice Mill. It's like just one side of the building. I don't know if that's a monument, yeah, yeah. but that was one of the 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 first Charleston mysteries. Like I, I saw it downtown. I parked. I'm like, what is this random facade that's up? And that just, that's yeah. like what Charleston is. It's like, there's this old building or, or something and they just refuse to let it go. And they're doing whatever they can to like, keep it propped up. And so I, I always thought that was kind of neat and kind of described Charleston. So um, that I, I, if that counts as a monument, I'm going to say that. All right. Most underrated thing about Charleston. That's a good one. Um, you know, everybody talks about food, of course, and the history. Um, I think Charleston's like a decent sports town. Like not, we don't have any like um, top level, you know, um, professional teams, but we've got some minor league teams. And I always have a blast, whether it's the battery, the river dogs, or the stingrays. I think all three are really underrated. They're, they're fun. They're relatively inexpensive. Um, and the venues were all pretty nice, especially 
um, the outdoor ones. I think in, in a, that also College of Charleston basketball is, is pretty good and um, Citadel football, you know, they're fun to watch. So I think it's yeah. kind of underrated for sports. Yeah, I would say the people because I, I've been other places. I think the people in Charleston are freaking amazing. Like if you say hi to anybody in Charleston, they will say hi back. That That's true. Common. That's a good point. I didn't realize that until I went somewhere else and was telling people <laughs> hi and no one would say hi back. And I thought it was yeah. the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, favorite place to just relax and chill. Um, I like going down to the battery. Um, there's just something cool about that too. That's not like anything I've ever seen, like on the water like that, anywhere I'd been before, um, where it's like the city and then bam, you know, ocean big. I mean, I know it's the Harbor, but, um, and just being able to see the boats and, and you can always see dolphins like that never gets old to me. Uh, I could see a dolphin every day and I don't know why it just, it's just so cool. Um, and then just the water, like lapping up against the battery wall, just really relaxing and, and usually just a nice breeze down there. So that's like where I like to chill out. Okay. Favorite moment that you've had since you like favorite thing. It could be like an, an event that happened or something just really cool to happen since you came to Charleston. Uh, well, the cook it raw was probably the event. Um, being, I was at a river dogs game and, uh, I, uh, it was some like weird party. I don't even remember what it was, but some party in like that new club level they have that I got invited to. And Bill Murray showed up and he was just like dancing to, um, like the twist and dance and shout and all this other stuff. So I'm just like hanging out in this, like watching the river dogs game in this air conditioned area. And then there's Bill Murray just cutting a rug next to me. That just a wild random thing that happened. But um, that, that's the one that jumped out to me just now. Bill Murray is like a Charleston legend. So yeah. I sang in a band. I used, to, I used to sing with a band. And um, one night with did a, um, a show at Poor House. We did a Christmas. We had we did a Christmas show at Poor House. And we're getting set up. And the keyboardist, Noah Jones, if Noah's watching, um, what up, Noah? He goes, that's Bill Murray. I'm like, yeah, he lives here. Everybody sees Bill Murray. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's Bill Murray. <laughs> so it's like his whole thing the whole night was that it was Bill Murray. So I look out while we're singing. Bill Murray is talking to my mom and my wife and like oh my gosh. buying them drinks. <laughs> it was like the craziest thing. Like oh, that was that was the funniest thing. But yeah. He he uh Noah went and met Bill Murray. His life was made yeah, and yeah. it was cool. Um, last question. Um, if you could only go to one Beach. Which one? You said only be? one. What the cutout? Beach. A one beach. beach. Um, I, I I still am partial to Folly. I I know that's probably not the cool answer, but um, that's the first beach I went to when I was here, and I still love how like funky that whole area is. I know it's changed a little bit. The washout is just like a really cool spot, and then that random um, walkway out to the Morris Island Lighthouse. I love that. I love seeing the lighthouse out there. It's quiet. And that's, a, that's another cool, like Charleston, you know, monument in a way, uh, that lighthouse out there. So I know like, uh, a lot of people are saying like Sullivan's these days or Kiowa, if you want to go higher end or Isle of Palms, if you have a family, but folly, folly still my spot. Yeah. I still haven't figured out folly to be honest with you. Like I'm, I'm from <laughs> it's, here. It's weird. We used to go to folly when I was a kid, but like, I, like I, I don't I don't know if I if I'm going like to chill like I Folly's my favorite beach maybe to just walk the pier on. I, I love walking sure. on Folly. I think 
their peers amazing, which they took down. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, right. um, they're working re, on it. Yeah, working on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it, so. that's a good place to chill. But I love like Windjammer at Isle of Palms. If you're going to be like right on the beach at like a restaurant, that's a pretty cool experience too. But um, yeah. just it, all, all over, I got to go folly. It's weird. It's funky. And maybe that's why. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. So where can they find the podcast? Let them know. You're sorry. I thought you, you cut out the end. The podcast I'm is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Podcast is Holy City Center Radio. You can find it um, anywhere. Um, pretty much you can find podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, the website, of course, is holycitycenter.com. And then pretty much any social media channel. That's my handle on there as well. Word. And this is the website, holycitycenter.com. Make sure you go check out the website. He puts articles in there. He actually posted about watching us tonight. So for those of you who are watching, thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate you. Um, he posts on here a lot. Um, do you do this full time? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's my full time job. But I, I do have a full time job outside of this as well. Uh -huh. Um so uh, yeah, I, I stay pretty busy, but I'm uh, I'm working on it. You know, I'm uh, working on uh, doing Holy City Center full time. Maybe at some point, um, still a little ways away on that, but yeah, we're working on it. All right, that's what's up. And make sure you follow him on Twitter under whole under at Holy City Center as well. Um, he has forty five thousand followers, which is just a few more than I have. You know, it's just a, just a few. Just a couple. <laughs> no, You're close. But, like. Yeah, hey man, I'm gonna get there one day. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep shooting for the stars. But no, like I, I, I really appreciate you, man. Um, please Thank check you. out the pod. How often do you release the podcast? Uh, every Monday, weekly. Every Monday. All right. So make sure you check them out. Who do you have next week? This. I'm glad you asked. It's a big one. Mayor Tecklenburg will be on this coming Monday. Shout out big, to Mayor big, big one. Yes. And Miss Sandy watches. Yeah, Miss Sandy watches like all of these. So Miss yes. Sandy, if you're watching, yep. thank you so much. I appreciate you for your support. Make sure we support um, uh, Christian and uh, the Holy City Center um, podcast as well. And it's called the Holy City Podcast. Uh, the podcast is Holy City Center Radio. Radio. We're back to yeah. the radio thing. I like exactly. It. Do, you, do you ever? Are you? Do you ever like plan on like before it's all said and done, like trying to like get a full time radio job? I don't think so, honestly. Like I've 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 guessed it on radio shows, like I mentioned before, and I see kind of like how it works. And don't get me wrong, I would still love doing it, but it's just like anything else. It seems like it's very corporate driven, so it's not a lot of freedom to really yeah. to to kind of be loosey goosey like I would be with the podcast. You know, it maybe, but for now, this I, I like this route. Awesome, man. Well, I'm proud of you. I, I hope you continue thank to you. do what you do because you do it well. And you're thank a great you. representative you well. of, thank you. And um, you're a great representative of what, you know, media should be like. I mean, in my, in my personal opinion, I think, you know, we should be open to, to hearing um, new thoughts and new ideas. We should be willing to share um, and to hear and to, to, to tell, you know, it's just, I think it's just so important that, that we do that without bias um, and without, you know, hate, without hatred for one another. So I just want to thank you, man. Any parting thoughts before we close out? No, I mean, thank you so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. And also for doing my podcast, one of the one of the first few episodes. Um, you've been a supporter of mine as well. And I, I really appreciate that. And also the work you're doing with like the youth in the Charleston area is just incredible. And just 
you, uh, you know, we're talking about me having a couple jobs, but you seem to have a billion jobs as well. So it's really impressive. And um, I, I thanks for everything you're doing for our community. Praise God, man. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really enjoyed this interview. And again, anytime you need me, um, I'm stepping away from the podcast game, at least for a little while. But if you ever <laughs> need me, reach out, send up the bat signal. I got you. I'll oh, man, I appreciate it. I'll probably be itching to talk again at some point. <laughs> All right. And vice versa, right? I've got you. If you need anything as well, you know where to find me. All day, all day. And I want to thank everybody for watching. This has been Real Talk with Rajan, local celebrity spotlight. Um, if you could, please leave a review. Let me know what you think. If you loved it, say, leave me five-star rating and tell me why you loved it. If you hated it, you can leave me a five-star rating and just tell me why you didn't like it. Either way, <laughs> I'm cool with that. Um, next week, uh, tomorrow, I actually have um, author uh, Miss Stephanie Hockenhoe. Who's, this is actually a really interesting um, interview for me because she's an author, but she's also, you know, one of the women who, you know, really had an impact on me as a, as a youth um, when her, her, me and her son were best friends growing up. And oh, nice. she's moved to Kansas now and she's written a book and she's a survivor and she's an amazing woman. I'm excited about talking to her. We only have two episodes or well, three episodes left of Real Talk with Rajan. Tomorrow, Miss Stephanie Hockenhoe. Next Wednesday night, um, I have um, Dr. Jenny Stevens, who is my boss at the Center for Heirs Property Preservation. We're gonna be talking about uh, her work um, in, in the nonprofit sector as well as you know running that nonprofit for over 16 years now um, as the pretty much the founder and the CEO. And lastly, lastly, my final episode on March, the uh, sorry, May the 12th is my mom, Maxine Lewis Simmons, who is my mom. And I <laughs> Would not be on this earth without my mom. And when I told her I was ending the show, she said, you haven't interviewed me yet. So I'm your final guest. <laughs> so my mom is my final guest. Y'all going to sit through me and my mom talking. And uh, it's going to be great. So thank you, Chris. Oh, yeah. I appreciate thank it. You. Um, thank you all for watching. Always remember that God is everything. And without him, we are nothing. So never forget where your help comes from. And if a man doesn't stand for something, he's bound to fall for anything. Now that is real talk. I will see y'all on tomorrow night. Peace.